Welcome to Talking in Stations, a podcast about EVE Online, recorded live on Twitch, Saturdays, 1500 Universal Time. I am your host, Matterall. EVE Online is a sci-fi computer game played around the clock by people all over the world. It is home to one of the most complex player-run economies in multiplayer games. Politics, governance, trade, economics, and war have created a 14-year continuum of epic narratives, all created by players themselves. Today, we'll take a closer look at the potentially massive disruption caused by changes to moon mining and how these changes will turn everything upside down and shake it up. But first, a program note. If you would like to show your support for the show, we'd greatly appreciate follows, subscribes, bits, or tips during the show. That's how it's registered. It has to happen during the show. If you're listening to only the podcast version, you can contribute through patreon.com slash On behalf of the team, I'd like to thank you for your continual support. And now I'd like to introduce the great panel that we have today that's going to talk about the economics coming from moon mining, starting with CCP senior game developer. And he's a new developer for CCP. His name is CCP Nogal. How are you? Hi. Joining him is uh, Aerith from Goon Swarm Finance Cabal. Hello. And Kenneth Feld, a PL financier, Pandemic Legion financier. Hello. Right. So, Nagal, I cut you off there. Sorry about that. I did want to come back to you and talk about uh, you and, you know, your interesting story because you've come out of Ubisoft, which is, uh, there's a lot of interesting things around this. But why don't you tell us, like, what drew you to want to work for CCP? Uh, that's a funny story. Uh, I did two masters, actually, uh, like 10 12 years ago when I that allowed me getting to uh, game design and working with games and it was a long time ago Eve didn't even exist yet it was look, actually it came out the beta came out doing my masters and I wrote it about uh, community based games and how the design is actually made by the community and one of the big things back then was second life I guess some of you guys heard about mm -hmm. it and yeah. uh, lots of experiments like from MUDs and from stuff like that, where actually the community takes over and, and, and starts to create stuff that the developers didn't expect. And that was something that I put aside for a while and I always kept checking on it as I did my whole career at Ubisoft and did a lot of online games, mainly online games. And then the opportunity for CCP came up and uh, I've always followed Eve. I've tried to play it many times and unfortunately I never had the time and the dedication. <laughs> or the patients, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's really the place where there is a, a huge player agency and the capacity of players to actually run a lot of the show and decide what, what's going to be, what the game's going to be. So this is the main reason I, I'm here now. That's great. And I have heard that you have a special interest in that kind of stuff. So I wanted to get that just kind of as the foundation of this whole show. Uh, and the last thing I want to ask you is, um, Nagal is a shapeshifter. Is there some some meaning behind that? Yeah, it's uh, it's got a lot of meanings. Uh, one of the, uh, actually the one for me is like uh, from uh, uh, the uh, I don't know how to say it in English. Uh, the hermetic, um, hermetically closed garage by Moebius. It's a comic book, a French comic book, really psychedelic. And Nagal was kind of ultimate evil or something. 
like oh. the, the essence of all evil personified, something like that. So it's pretty cool. And like, I like economics and like capitalism. So I think it goes well together. Oh, interesting. I think it comes out of, uh, I was checking it out. I was like, oh, it's, it's a uh, Mesoamerican from Mexico. Yeah, so like, there is. Cool. There is the whole Castaneda thing too. He's one of the guides of the spiritual journeys of when like a guy makes mescalito and starts to trip it out. Uh, yeah. So it's oh. one of the guides in the uh, crazy psychedelic hallucinogen worlds. Oh, okay. Now we got some insight. <laughs> All right. Well, let's give uh, players insight on some of the changes that are coming for their game. This looks like it's going to be a pretty big change. Can you tell us about moon mining? Yeah. Uh, the most, the most, the biggest things are there in the blog. The short version is that uh, what's we're gonna make the gameplay from passive to active. So what is right now uh, something that you set up and the process just happens, and when you come back like days later, the silos are full and you get your stuff. Now there's gonna involve actually like players going out with ships and, and mining it and, and like getting operations out. And so in a way it's an idea to increase uh, the friction surface for player interaction. It's a pretentious term, but it's kind of like, we're just gonna put stuff out there so people can fight over basically put money on the table so people can pick it instead of just like getting a siphon or like some kind of funnel that just does the process without interaction inside. That said, we just said, hey, why not kick it, shake it and redistribute all the moon goo for the universe and see what happens. So yeah, yeah that That's was the a fun part actually. <laughs> That was the big, yeah, that was the big surprise, uh, right? I mean, it was a surprise to even CSM members, I believe, wasn't it, Aerith? Yeah, we, yeah, we didn't know. Um, they hadn't really told us anything. This is one of those, I don't know why CCB's done it, but some of the big ones that I think have economic implications lately, they're not giving the CSM the information ahead of time. They just blast it, which is fine. Um, it kind of it shortens that time frame for people to have information and profit on it, which is good too. Um, but the downside is we didn't really know that they're going to scramble moons. I'm personally very happy they're doing that. Uh, I don't know how a lot of the other CSM feel, but uh, I know with us and GSS, we feel like this is a great thing. Like this is going to be fun. But isn't it bad for Delve where you reside? I mean, Goonswarm take, has that whole territory in the south, and that was really good with moons. So aren't you going to, you're probably going to lose out just by looking at the odds. No, no, that is not how this works. <laughs> okay tell us how it works that's like some gita wow dude okay so let me give you a quick synopsis of how null works today so you can understand the answer um right now null alliances have very little to no ability to tax a tax moon mining or or sorry um uh regular mining moon mining you can do taxation by moon and what's on it that kind of thing and, and a lot of alliances do that where they'll let their membership already harvest the moon and then pay a percentage of the profits but you can't tax regular mining this now, CCP is not only combining moon mining and regular mining together, they're making the baseline load across null be higher, and they're changing all the ratios between moon mining and regular minerals in for Iskanaur gameplay, and all of that now will be ledgered and where I can tax it. So there were whole sections of the moon economy I wasn't capturing before other than like a small stipend on the moon, like platinum moons or something like that, where most alliances were only holding the R64s. 
So sure, Delve might lose some R64s and equivalents. Maybe Delve loses a third of its mining income. Well, mining income is just like 22% of our income right now. It's nothing, right? But now you're going to give me the ability to tax all of those moons within Delve and my huge mining fleet of locusts? Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, okay. right now each moon's 100 units per hour. Uh, when you start breaking off three-week chunks and that, that field hits across and Rockwells can jump from system to system and you have it mapped out, you know, this one comes out in an hour, we have an hour to hoover this up and then we have to go here and hoover that up, their, their throughput just went through the freaking roof. Well, that, that's the nature of how you are structured, not necessarily the composition of the moons, because if what Nagual is saying is that they're going to take all the moons, reshuffle them, different areas are going to emerge as places that have lucrative spots, right, Nagual? Is that kind of how it's going to work? Yeah, that's, that, that's the idea. Uh, so maybe like you got five moons and those moons now become like pretty R4s that are not like really that interesting. And then you got to move over and try to get new ones. But I guess that's what they're saying. They can hold more. Yeah, the holding capacity of our space goes up dramatically with this change. So if you figured like Delve, the, the previous numbers was around 40,000 between fake Delve and Delve and what I can handle, right? Which is why you kept seeing us grow because we could fill the space and we're not maxed out yet. Um, this is going to change that holding capacity way high. It's going to go pop it over 50 for sure. I haven't really done the final order math yet because there's no point because CCB hasn't told us some of the ratios of the ores. Um, and how they're seeding and how close they're going to stick to the R64, you know, 32-16 ratios. So until we really know that, you can't calculate it, but it's substantially higher than today. And somebody's asking, are you going to uh, F CCP? Are you going to F Delve? And uh, that comes from uh, Red Boost Stamping. Uh, this is very, it's going to be very um, uh, random, right? You guys use a random generator? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's completely random. Like, we're not... We're not going to play the game. We're trying to make <laughs> the game more interesting. It's not like we're not looking at players and like, you know, try to even out and make something. Here, here's what I would propose, though. Just, just <laughs> throwing this out there, that CCP announced the date that that script will be run in the time. And it's they only already did time. during downtime. When? When the patch hit. No, 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 no. I, I would rather have that to be like a process where somebody physically watches it. It's only run once. One roll of the die, huh? Yeah, just in case, like the dev that's that downtime runs it a couple of times, you know, just one roll of the dice. <laughs> or have an extra dice so that you can throw one out. <laughs> yeah, like that's don't, don't run it 10 times to take the one that, you know, <laughs> like the most. Just run it one time. Uh, yeah, but it's not that simple. It's it. Th there are rules inside randomness because if you go blind random, it's uh, like 100. percent It's like th there are caps. There there are like rules that we want to specify inside moons that there's going to be at least a certain amount of of moon ores inside each of them. Blah blah. Th there there's some stuff that we're still kind of figuring out and playing with, so that we can get uh, some kind of large. But the the thing is that the location. Uh, of each thing is is, is random. There, there will be uh, clusters, but we're not controlling them because like randomness creates clusters. And it, yeah, it's 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 really it's gonna we want to make it fit inside a beautiful distribution curve. Yeah, but there's every scenario, almost every region in null is going to benefit hugely from this. There's a few regions that are going to lose out because of the way their geography works. Um, but drones, this is a huge buff. Delve yeah, is going to be a huge buff. Uh, places like Impasse where CO2 lives, huge buff. So generally, I love this. Let me uh, just slip in a low sec here, because there's a lot of talk about low sec and how they're getting the raw end of the deal here, because 
this, the way that moon mining works now is okay for them. It actually creates things that people want to fight over in one place at one time and doesn't require a, a huge crew. It requires one guy to go around and collect like a mailman. Um, and so that's changing completely away from them. And they're worried that uh, now there's not going to be much incentive to be in low sec. Uh, have you thought about that? Do you have thoughts on that, you guys? Can you go first? Actually, no, I'll go first. You always go first. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it it I I don't know I don't I don't see it that way. Uh, there 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 may be problems that come from it, but there's also incentive. There's more space to play. There's also the income is not going to be nullified. What 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 I think that is going to end here is the fact that one guy can run so many with so little, uh, basically login time. That that's like minimal minimal effort and huge gains and yes that's something that's gonna end so if but that's gonna end for anywhere also for no so I don't see exactly how that would be such a big problem you still can run your moon you still can make the profit from it if you get if you get to hold the R sixty four moon that's it so go ahead I think a lot of it is the the same issues PL went through over the past year or so. Whereas we used to be strictly nomadic, we you know load up everything and move to somewhere else. Well, um, what was it? Creus and the and the fatigue really put a limit on how quickly we can move around, that kind of stuff. Um, but also with the the changes that are coming with industry and ECs, we've had to put down a little more routes and we plan our trips a little bit better. We have to be able to produce on site, that kind of stuff, stuff that PL has never had to worry about before. So now that's coming full circle and going to low sec and low sec is not just free willy anymore. They're going to have to, put in the effort and the logistics and the backbone and the infrastructure to support themselves. And that's something that they've been easier just to go to Jita or the closest market and get the stuff and, and bring it to them. And that's not necessarily going to be the case anymore. So the growing pains that we went through the past year, year and a half, two years in putting a, a, a more of a logistics backbone and an industry backbone in, they're going to have to put in that effort as well. Now, much like we didn't want to do it, they probably don't want to do it either. But the benefits that that provides uh, an alliance and a, and, a, and a war machine far outweigh the the little bit of trouble that it causes. You just have to set your mind to it and actually do it. So they're just not looking at it right. Well, they may be looking at it right. They just may not be liking what they're looking at. Um, they've just got to put their head down and do it, or they're going to go by the way of the dodo. One of the suggestions was that the higher value moons should be in low sec so that more people are drawn to it. We've already dispensed with that because it's going to be a total. Um, oh, by the way, is it going to be um, random distribution among low and null sec? Sorry, what do you mean? Is it going to be a random distribution of moons from low sec and null sec together? Uh, we are not sure if we're going to make a division of them, but if we do, we're going to keep the same, uh, how can I say, baseline value and redistribute separately or everything. I don't know. We, we, we are not there yet. We are really mm. trying to figure out how those things could be. 
because yes, so, there is a possibility that if, if you do, if you take the whole thing together and rebalance it, that it crumples up on one side or the other, and that would not necessarily be good. So, how are you approaching the idea that presumably you're trying to keep a roughly the same amount of total supply, but you can't? You have to factor in player behavior. You have to factor in the baseline active load now. So wh how, what's your strategy? I mean, you don't have to give us the exact numbers or anything, but what's your strategy and your, your thought process around that? Uh, we we have the whole, uh, there's a whole process. And, and the good thing is that uh, the moon go until it actually becomes stack two, because that it's, it's basically the, the basis of, of the economy that runs from moon is the end product is the tech two stuff. Uh, there are so many transformations that the thing goes through, through reactions that we're also touching, and uh, maybe people are not looking to that enough. I don't know, but it's going to be interesting too. Yeah. And we can, we have all these kind of like levers and, and multipliers of transformation that we can play with in order to uh, adjust any supply. But as you said, and we know, uh, there are huge, huge uh, reserves. So we don't think that there's at any big danger, but we, we don't know exactly how that will shake uh, output, but we have we have all those levers to play with if there is some stuff. And there's alchemy too, that I believe that that's a great, a great pressure valve that we have in case of any kind of like uh, price pressure. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think I pointed out very early on to CCP, I said, one of my fears is that alchemy will actually become the meta, like why, squabble over the R64 equivalent um, moons when you can just alchemize at a huge scale um, using the smaller moons now. Um, that's one fear I have, but I mean, we can let it play out. And I do agree, the stockpiles are so immense that CCP could spend, like watch it for a year before they decide to react and they'd probably be fine. Yeah, that's such a, sorry. I'll go ahead. Okay, it's, it's such a big change to the whole process of how much it's gonna cost, the man hour cost to production of any unit of end, end product that we don't know uh, uh, how much that, that, that whole process is gonna be affected in terms of input and outcome and like we add up the man hours. We, we really don't know. So we just have to make sure that we have those levers, that we watch the numbers and that we pull them at the right time to keep things like interesting. You think you're going to regionalize it still? Like, you know how, like, you have the R32s are regional. You think you're going to keep that or will they be spread around the galaxy? That's, that's stuff we talk about, like, once a week we have a meeting just talking about that and we don't know. <laughs> now, one thing about alchemy, too, with the stockpiles, if you start running out of 64s um, with, the, with the new skills that are going to be put in and the ability to put in reaction jobs if you need a, a pile of promethium tomorrow you know get yourself 20 bpos slam in 20 jobs for the reactions and push button tomorrow you have a giant pile of prom or whatever you need so our tools that the players will have to bypass a lot of the um stockpiling or price fixing and that kind of stuff is going to be much greater uh, than we have today, because today you'd have to put up a tower for every reaction, whereas now you have one refinery, you can run 20 reactions simultaneously. And, and that's something I wanted to talk about. The refineries themselves, I think uh, Nagual said, said that it's maybe not being looked at close enough, and I think he's right. People talk a lot about the moon mining and the fights that are going to happen around the moons, but have you thought about the refineries and what they're going to add to the game or take away? For instance, alchemy, I assume, will happen inside the refineries. So 
have to set up a, a pause to do that kind of stuff. What, what can you tell us about refineries and some of the cool things that it's going to help ease the transition? It's as we said, they are they are reprocessing uh, structures. Uh, like we have citadels are kind of military, and then we have the ECs that are like production research. Now we get the refineries that are reprocessing and transformation of base products. Uh, I really like what what's going to happen with reactions because it's going to use basically the same thing that there's for industry right now with the same. It's going to use a lot of like basically the same process. It's a more interesting process. It's slightly more active for for the player and gives us options and it, it forces more interaction. And I think that they are, the refiners, they're going to be, I think there's a huge step forward to all that stuff. They're going to become the new norm, just like ECs became the new norm, like very fast. Well, there's, it's going to get even more complicated than that is, thank God we had been stockpiling the PI and everything for a few months because we knew there was going to be a land rush. We need, we needed 600 of them ourselves, right? Like 600 total structures. Can you imagine the land rush that's occurring now when all these private people are going to go out and try to seize their little moon or something? It's going to be great. Now, one thing, this is a little far reaching, but um, I don't, I, I'm assuming CCP has at least thought about this. They've said no moon mining in, in high sec. And I, I agree with that. However, if you look at this down the road, taking out belts and putting these things in high sec and high sec mining moons to get mineral ore, which is going to be part of the composition, even in null sec of the moon mining uh, and moving the entire player base to a more active setting. Um, and to me, that's also one of the big things for downtime is regenerating the asteroid belts and stuff and shifting everything to active. I think they would wait a while. Like, let's see how it blows up in null and see. Oh, sure, sure. No, not right away. But I mean, this is just like step one in the in the in the transition to everything going active, including high sec. It is something that we look down the road, but the things that there are like three or four big ifs and what ifs and how will this goes that we have to wait for it to roll out. So if you change everything at once at the same time, you have no idea where the change is coming from and what was good and what was bad. So we're already shaking a lot. So we got to see how this goes and what we learn from it in order to change new parts or to expand the change or, you know, do anything like that. But yes, those are definitely things that it popped pop to our minds. There there have been discussions about it. But the, the fact is that we have to see what happens and how players react and how the game will reorganize itself around these changes so that we learn stuff and do it better and like further. So that's one of the uh, one of the things that's difficult, I think, about this game. I don't know, because I'm not a game designer like you are, but, but is the amount of time it takes to kind of see things settle out because the mutations of people's uh, thoughts on these mechanics, they're handed a mechanic and they work the way that you presume people are going to work. And then they start mutating into ways you didn't think they were going to work. Uh, so it must take a little bit of time, too, uh, to put these things out. So surprised now as I'm an older player at how long it takes for things to settle out. Like I used to think within a month people have got it figured out. Um, but Kenneth and I were talking earlier and there are some things that take a year to settle out. Capital ships we were talking about earlier. 
especially the meta modules, um, the the little goo that you get from shooting the NPC dreads and that kind of stuff. Um, PL had looked at using some meta modules in our dread fits and stuff, and we built them for a little while, and then we basically ran Gita out, and you can only get that stuff so fast, and it's a year out, and we still don't have decent supplies. Um, look at the excavators. Excavators pretty much drained how many every years of drone poo um same type thing so it, it, it that kind of stuff will take even longer to settle out so let's talk about the markets for a second uh because i think they're going crazy but i'm a pedestrian and you guys uh, have been at this but tell me what's going on with um specifically the moon goo market right now generally uh, a lot of the like the last wave people are coming in now so the last wave is generally like from the time the dev blog hits to the time the patch is implemented well not even that like 30 days out from the patch then there'll be a huge spike 30 days out from the patch that'll carry through you know 60 90 120 days after the patch and that's usually when people start cashing out their reactions or whatever um rather than what they bought they're probably going to react at day one slam it into the first person to get down a refinery in your capital right just slam it in produce all your outputs cash out uh, but right now the markets are just frothy as hell. Like I, I blapped like five of them the day patch uh, notes or sorry, the blog came out because I'd come home and it was like, oh, the blog. Oh, wow. Look, oh, this. Oh, and then it was, hey, Gita's still virgin in like five markets. Not anymore. So what do you mean by blap? Tell, tell us what you do to a market when you see it like not touched. It depends on what, it, why I want that market. But in this case, because the blog hit, Oh, you're gonna randomize moons. Great, that disruption is gonna be even funnier. Um, let me go get some more RH because I hadn't gotten as much as I'd like um, isquise. So I was looking at the RH anyway, and I'd been trying to slow by. So I was just like, okay, wipe out the bottom 30, 50% of cells. Just take all the money, all the volume off the market you can, and start banging buy orders up. Like just racing the market up with buy orders, trying to get that kind of shock volume where people are like, ha ha, someone's trying to manipulate this market. Let me dump into them. It's like, thanks buddy. You want to kind of get that last little volume can get out. And I usually mark my orders for the other goons because, you know, to let them know that I'm in here either to warn them away or to say, here's what I'm buying. And if you really want to pay these prices, but I'm a lot bigger than you, so I can take more risk. So it's, it's kind of a signaling system and everything. Yeah. Can you tell us your mark? Yeah, so um, it's fours, so like multiple fours in a row. And goons will usually use dot forty four, but usually it's only Jubal that uses a bunch of fours. And so you can goons can see me, and it's for fofo, right? You know. Yeah. Fofo, 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 Yeah. There's some. Uh, so it's F O, but you use the number four to kind of uh, to market that way. And so that's a sign that you're there and uh, to keep out because you're working there. Don't get or, to, or to pile on, like it can mean both. It just depends. Oh, okay. And usually, I'll tell people in GSS or whatever. Like you kind of got to know, you got to have. It's like kind of like a, having a private key and a public key. You kind of got to have both to know what to do based on my signal. But yeah. So there you have it. If you see four 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 four, that's Aerith. Uh, watch out, <laughs> or jump in. Yeah, like I'm usually gonna be making moves that if it's that public, maybe I like I expect like people to pile on like hubbies have been following me for I don't know four years like some people have figured it out when they see me in a market they're like this market tends to spike right after and make a bunch of money so every time I see this sign I'm going to go into that market and they've probably done very well for themselves so yeah, me personally ahead. I've I settled on the low ends from the get-go I mean the dev blog just came out but those of us that are uh 
and I'm not a CSM or anything like that. I have no knowledge, but those of us that have been on Slack for the past couple of years knew that this was all going to go um, active. Uh, we assumed that there'd be redistribution, but again, like Eric said, no one really knew until the dev blog came out, but I had focused more on the low end stuff, um, figuring that miners were going to be miners because when the goo hit, are they going to mine the cheap stuff or the expensive stuff? I figured there'd be more of a market for the low end stuff. That's what I concentrated on um, when when the markets all went crazy. Uh, and then I've done a lot of active as well or passive moon mining, what do you call it? Just to to fortify my stockpiles. We weren't actually sure the CCP would randomize. Like we had plan A, B, C, which were non-randomized plans. And then there was D, which was like, okay, CCP is randomizing and they're changing to active generation, blah, blah, blah. What, what's the outcome? And so we had known about the we focused more on the low end not in regards to what people want but more the logistics effort of moving that m3 around null and then to market um but we wanted to get as much isk value as we could so that tended to be a lot of r16 through r64 investment um on our part and our alliance part and our people's part just because that's where you can get all the isk in because we're talking about tens of trillions of isk flowing around just from our alliance so you got to be in everything basically yeah but what's really funny is that line that you said uh where you said uh, we don't play the game we're just trying to make it um so this part of the game manipulation and market manipulation isn't something you guys participate in um but when you were on uh in FanFest, when you were up there presenting uh you guys did say that this was a possibility so this doesn't come out of completely nowhere you say we we're looking into that possibility right you mean the redistribution the redistribution possibility, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the number one question we were asked at FanFest. Me personally, it was the number one. I guess like other people got other stuff, but everybody would come and ask and said, we don't know. And we were being very honest. We didn't know back then. And then we decided, but the things that we, we told the CSM asked that when we talked about the moon mining plans, uh, like before, just before FanFest. And they asked that and we said we don't know and we had those cards and we told them that we would show it to everyone because this is such a big thing that we, we cannot tell csm before or ask for validation or comment if we believe we're going to do it we have to tell to all the player base because like then the let, let you know let the speculation begin and that's playing the game markets are a great great way to play the game that i think is one of the most interesting and like player free uh inventive way to play the game so yeah it's like it's eve bet now it's like it's it's this fun wall street part of the game that most people don't get to play but when they do play it's exhilarating you can make more is than anything it's dangerous you have to have a lot of knowledge of the game so it's cool that ccp's like because I, I had counseled early on was shorten the interval that people have information shorten it shorten it shorten it to where there's not as big as market speculation effects that can harm what CCP is trying to do, but players can do this fast and furious type of gameplay before the patch. Um, that's kind of good for the game because it allows CCP to have, for example, stockpiles. So they're allowed to do changes at a much more drastic level because they know they have stockpiles buffering them. So it's kind of a symbiotic thing if done right and releasing it at everyone at the same time is done right. And it's just cool to have players figuring out the plans. And like, as Eric said, like, the player says, oh, maybe they will distribute, maybe they will not. So what are the possible scenarios? Which one am I going to bet? And how much am I going to bet on each? How much am I going to get bet? That's play. That's, that's like play poker, right? Like, 
I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm betting on getting an ace or I'm betting on getting a two. I don't know. What yeah, and it's years. I mean, it's we've fun. spent three years building up to this. Like it's this it final like crescendo of this you know dance we've been doing for years in the ISK markets, finally paying off. Yeah. Well, do you think though that? Um... And that is interesting. I think it's, for me, one of the reasons I was drawn to the game. There's two reasons. One was I saw a video of, uh, and it was very small, like three-on-three fight, and it said, this corporation wars this corporation. And I thought, oh, my God, uh, the universe is run by corporations. That's going to happen. No sarcasm there. And they're at war with each other. That's going to happen, too. And then the second thing was that there's an economic game that's huge that uh, they had an economist on staff that was governing the economy because that's it was right. that big okay. and that, um, you know, detailed and there's so many levers and stuff. But these are the two things that drew me into the game because I thought that was kind of interesting. That's a universe I wanted to participate in and, you know, just build a little farm in and stuff. Um, we've talked really, you know, large scale stuff and we'll continue to do that. But for a second, How's this going to affect the little guy, the the guy that's out there, you know, trying to trying to put up a, his first um, Astro House or something? I don't know if that's a little guy. Uh, he should probably, if he's a reactor uh, for somewhere, he should probably stockpile his inputs before. If he's a little guy with his Astro House, he's probably fine. Like maybe he can go find a little moon or enter into a partnership with somebody who has moons that can't mine them. Like I suspect PL is not going to get to anywhere near all their moons, right? And I feel sorry for who owns all the venal moons because that's going to suck. Um, but I think most people are going to find some sort of relationship with people that will mine. Whether it turns into a meta where people are trying to attract miners, well, we'll see. But I think that meta has already been won anyway. Yeah. Well, do you think most people right now are sitting out of the market uh, because it's kind of a scary place or that or have all the minerals been bought out and so that wave is gone and you know or do you think uh, uh this is for for kenneth i guess uh, or do you think people are in the market i i've heard recently that it seems like nobody's buying or selling anything do you think that's true no but, um some things have have cooled off for sure but um if you look at the volumes um, the spikes on the the past couple dev blogs we've had and on the days where the pre-dev blog forum posts have been written, that kind of stuff, there's still quite a bit of velocity in, in, in a lot of the markets. Um, PI has been steady. Uh, I know even the smaller players that I've talked to, the smaller industrialists, are still banking and stockpiling PI, waiting for the next wave of structures to come out. So it's still, PI is still a huge market across the board. Um, And when the refineries come, they're gonna transition the fuel usage of the tower into ice usage. They haven't specified yet whether it's gonna be blocks or ice or what, but to make up for all those towers not being reacted, there's gonna be ice inputs to the reactions for refineries. So there's still gonna be plenty of demand there as well. What do you think, uh, Aris? Right now, you're kind of in this part of the meta where everyone knows what's coming. Everyone's doing their moon month calculations. Everyone's figuring out their cash out strategy, which will be most people will react to stuff straight up the integrated chain. 
and then trying to figure out, okay, where is that supply likely to be concentrated at? So it's not just about what the markets are doing today. It's about how do the logistics of the meta reform around what's coming and after it's come, what material gets to market? How does it get to market again? And it's not going to be the same material. It's not going to be raw goo like it was. Like that's that is going to not be the efficient mechanism by which you should transport that is value, right? It's going to be end products most likely or up the chain, at least all the way through advanced and nanos, like minimum, um, where that's not the meta today. So that's the fun part. And then the it could be compressed or too. We don't know yet. Could be. That would be very interesting. But I would rather see them trying to push the integrated chains. I think it's a more it, it gives an interesting dynamic in null and HiSec interaction. I mean, you know, obviously we won't know until we see the sizes and stuff. But if if we can compress the the moon ore to the point where we can compress mineral ore now, transporting it in that form for the basic miner, I think will be better for the basic miner. Um, and also give the industrialists or the reactors a better chance of cherry picking what they need. I'm not, I don't know which way they're going to go, but that'll be an interesting outcome. Well, Nagwal, have you, have you have any thoughts on if you're going to compress or not? Don't know. Can't say that yet. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. right. I had to try. Trying to eke yeah. information out of the, the uh, fountain of information. Um, but he's doing a good job uh, and not telling us anything because it's got to be all fair, all done at once so that everybody can jump on it as fast as they can for those that are paying attention. Well, in, in that case, though, we'll know before the patch. I mean, it'll be in the patch notes. It'll probably be on Sisti ahead of time. And that's not going to affect necessarily what we do. It's just where in the chain we do it. But yeah, who gets it? But it's like, like the distribution thing, right? We we were like when we decided that we we're gonna do it, we were dying to tell people. We were like, we have to tell them. Also because like for development, uh, we could not put stuff in CC. We could not test stuff properly until we tell you guys. Otherwise, you'd find out through you know the test server, which is not cool. <laughs> so we're like, thank God it's out now, so we can you know move on with production and actually get these things running and test them and see what happens. I have a question yeah. that you might be able to tell us. Do you guys have plans on seeding those skills a little bit early so we can get a head start on those skills? Yeah, we probably will do that, but it's it's not it's not we usually do that, but uh, it's not it's not a given. It may it may change for this one. I'm not sure. At uh, least you sound like you, at least you sound like you've thought about it. That's important. <laughs> Oh, well, that's the, the, we have very long discussions about very small details of all these like deployments and and implementations. Sometimes just like sometimes just remembering what was the last thing that we agreed on. Because <laughs> <laughs> just do it. Just don't even see the skills to little day. It'll be hilarious. Just do all of it. Is it isn't the guy that's not drunk writing everything down? <laughs> yeah, we try to. We try to. I don't yeah. have the I don't have the documents here, so I, I'm at home. So. Yeah, you mean the cocktail napkins where you guys agree on things? That's funny. Oh yeah, um, that's how it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So let, let's go back a little bit to timeline because uh, that's kind of what we're discussing now. Um, do you, Do you have any more information on when this stuff is going to roll out or what the rollout plan is? The expansion by the end of the year. So okay. Don't the 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 date's not locked in yet, but it's it's not too late. We're still working on it and. 
the interesting right. things you're going to see in the meta are going to be when the date is mostly locked, like when CCP is saying the month. Then you're going to see organizations like ours making very big, sweeping Eve affecting changes because we'll know when. Or, or if a concrete detail comes out where you, where you have a plan A, B, or C, and this detail comes out in a dev blog or a decision is made that that eliminates plan C. Now you have plan A or B or eliminates A and C, and now you only have B. That's when you make your, your final move because then there's no more ambiguity. And there's, there's certain ones like we know there's one action we're probably going to take no matter what. It's, it applies to all plans. It is the best action we can take in that circumstances, given all the game theory from all the plans. And it's basically a guaranteed, you know, 50 to 100% on the Alliance's investment. And that's just turning off Delve, keeping it. Hmm. Is it a warning? Is that a yeah, we've already warned our own people. That going to happen. I haven't decided yet. All right. So. There's another, there's another card to be put on the table from the players, I guess, uh, in all this. Turning off Delve has the net effect of shutting off a huge supply of this moon goo stuff to Jita, which would make prices go up, you would assume. Yeah, well, our, my reactors that are completely supplied by Delve, like all of our output goes to our reactors or to our investments can. It doesn't go to Jita. So if my guys have to suddenly start going to Jita, holy crap. Well, yeah, you may get some rebellion yourself. Well, uh, Nagral, how about um, these new structures, refineries that are coming out? Those BPOs will probably come out before um, or seeded before the game, or are they going to come out when, sorry, when the expansion hits? I guess we're going to see them before. I'm not sure yet. That's we're, what, not, yeah. we're not, like, everything is penciled in right now, so I'd oh, rather I not yeah. say anything definitely until we get we get everything uh for you because that's the thing right it's it's not something like it's so sensitive that like uh, oh the numbers are out and then there's a rush to people to build the the, the whole structures or like the blueprints and that, or they, even if they get the numbers there's going to be a rush for the materials like th th there's so much uh, it's so sensitive economic wise that uh, we are like we are trying to hold our cards very so, so we keep the game fair and especially we keep the game interesting because it's so sensitive. So it means that it's going to shake a lot. It's going to create a lot of move with the game. And that has to be fun, as, 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 more, as fun as possible. What, what are the conversations like when you guys are talking or when you're you know, talking these ideas? Because I'm sure they go on into the night and stuff. But do you guys start at one place and then end up you know, kind of going back and forth until you end up at different places? yeah and then there's always saying yeah but then they're just like it's what about the little guy what about this perspective what about this perspective what about when this has happened oh no 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 but there's alchemy oh yeah it's true so alchemy does this yeah so it won't break this way so it's it holds the the, the bottom you know and that's one good thing i, I really like the the way alchemy works because like it's it's it, it gives us much more space room to shake things up because it holds the bottom in a way like it holds the bottom it's a pressure release valve so it, 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 there's no danger of, of like, you know, losing or blocking or cornering a market, something like that. It's big, it, the, the, the upward pressure will remain, but there will be a release for it. So there's always a way to get the mineral or the uh, material you need through alchemy. Cause you can, uh, for those of you who don't know alchemy, somebody it was asked in the, uh, the chat before, um, actually 
Kenneth, can you tell us how Alchemy works real quick? Yeah, it's it's basically an inefficient system that takes um, lower tier materials, moon goo, that you may have more quantities of and it puts them through a reaction and makes a smaller quantity of a higher value moon goo so like i think it's a couple r16s will make a 32 or a 64 i don't know the exact because i don't mess with it much i've owned moons but it basically takes a small a larger amount of a of a r16 and makes a, a smaller amount of a higher uh, part of Moongu, and that way you can bypass the big guys. Like if PL and Goons have all the R64s in the area, well, you can take some R16s and eventually make the R64 goo that you need. And that was put in there to kind of release the pressure from the bottleneck that was caused by Technetium, where a couple groups kind of said, you know what, we're not going to fight each other over these moons, let's just all profit. And so that kind of brought technetium to super high value, which meant everything was really expensive. So, this oh, was yeah, great. yeah. I created OTEC, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we have the originator of OTEC on here, too, uh, which is a great name for it, by the way. Your, the uh, sarcasm and irony is great. Thanks. Um, so, well, a lot of people are asking about PVP stuff, too. And yeah, I'm that's not exactly sure where people. Going people are, are looking at this. There's a 900-pound gorilla in the room, and I know that CCP Fozzie and Larrikin are probably snarling, <laughs> getting giddy over it, but um, CCP is going to put in an index for reactions. Um, now, we don't know too much about it yet. I've heard it's going to be Constellation. I've heard it's going to be System. I'm hoping it's System, but somewhere, somewhere in the galaxy, there's going to be some refinery that someone jacks in 15 or 20 reactions with 30 days worth of stuff that's worth five, six, eight billion. And all that is an industry job. All those materials should, in theory, drop if that refinery is killed or have a chance to, to drop via the loot ferry. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of hunting around trying to find giant loot pinatas um, soon after these things hit and people fill them up. Whereas now you hit a pause you get a week's worth of goo maybe out of the silos, that's barely worth your time. But if you have these pinatas all around everywhere, um, I think there's going to be a lot more people hunting for these things and trying to find out where they are and going and knocking them over. So the, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for things to, to fight over. And what's interesting about that is if there is some kind of assault team that comes in to take out one of these refineries, it's full because somebody put all their stuff in it to run at the same time. You're going to have that fleet followed by uh, a big uh, freighter to collect all the stuff that fell out. Uh, so you'll have uh, the, you know, the, big, the, the big loot collector after the, the stuff blows up. I kind of like that concept. I know we have it with capital ships and sometimes destructions of structures, uh, but it's kind of new because uh, I, I think of fights as things you just fight for, you know, whatever the military objective was, not for the salvage, not for the stuff that falls out of it. I don't know. I mean, I would love that for to, to come true, but no one did that with ECs. Oh, really? I would love it if, like, ever the Rometto is like, oh, man, refinery pinatas, but there's refinery ECs and no one hits them. Yeah, they do. I have yet to see some big EC do some loot pinata. If you got a kill mail, I'd love to see it. It's, it doesn't show up on the kill mails. That's a thing. 
even if you could estimate one, like we haven't seen one die anywhere near us, like in our quad. There's a new goal for you, PL. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, but I did want to talk about FC's perspective on this. And I think that you, you uh, Kenneth said something uh, at one point that was really interesting. And that is that you have to talk to FC's to say, look, you can't just see a fleet and go and want to attack it. That's like, um, too primitive. You have to look at the opportunities that are coming at you by looking at these indexes and saying, hey, there's a lot of richness here. Let's go attack that. We'll get some kind of value out of the loot, uh, out of the stuff that drops. Um, but FCs in general, how are they going to, um, how is this going to affect their world? Maybe especially in low sec, uh, you know, can you, Nagual, can you tell us like some of the stuff that you guys have kind of gone over, uh, how this is going to affect combat and people fighting over things? Well, you know, it, it's the same thing as that's put on the on the big reaction, uh, like reaction specialized uh, refineries that would eventually drop like a huge amount of stuff that's running on them. We we are making the money stay on the table for longer. So in a way, like if there's this big mining operation and all that, and a lot of like moon goo in space, like you can go and go and just like those people and and, and get and get their moon goo or ju or just destroying them. Sometimes like just just taking a hit. So we believe that like there there will be like big expensive ships sometimes just outside like and doing the whole roaming thing to get all the moons collecting all that you can kind of 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 hit that like that that collector like fleet something it's gonna hurt the other people so it's I I believe that there's more space for them because the protection is gonna be more necessary at least on a timely scheduled basis to make protection more something that you need more often, uh, are you going to work on timers? I guess that is already set in the, in the works, right? You guys are going to fix timers so the structures uh, aren't su such a hassle to kill? Uh, yeah, that's a big conversation. That's a long conversation. That's something that uh, uh, we, we are looking at it. It's a, it's a complicated system. Uh, there are two, two main aspects on that. And, and I'm not saying that we're going to do anything, but there are two, two main aspects of, of an analysis on that, is that for, for the thing to be attacked, well, there, there, is, there is a cost of attack. So as, as they are very defensive, uh, it's very expensive to do that. And then there's the outcome of the attack. So if that's at safety, except if, if you're in a wormhole, then fine. But like outside of wormholes, with asset safety, you get very little rewards from actually you know, destroying a structure. So uh, investment and return is not, it's not that great. So that, that's, I believe that that's kind of like the heart of the problem uh, in a philosophical basis. And then how to change it and how to manipulate that and how to improve that. That's, that's something that we may, we don't know yet if we're going to, how head on we're going to do that right now. They're going to be like the, some void bomb stuff that we, we want to do <coughs> some like balanced stuff. But I believe that the, some of us in CCP believe that it is the time to do a deeper, more uh, structure, maybe change to that. But it's very sensitive. A deeper pass rather than just tweaking something here or there. Yeah, yeah. The easy version is like, yeah, let's change the timers. The complicated version is like, well, let's change those states. Let's see how those things work. And we don't know where we are at yet. Now, the high level, this has been talked about before, but we'll go back to it. The high level goals for making this moon change. Can you talk a little bit about like what, what, what was you were trying to do? Making people play with each other. Get more more social space inside the game. Be it aggressive 
competition, be it co cooperative in the sense that now I own the moon, I run the moon, but I need a bunch of miners to help me and I need a bunch of guys to protect this moon or uh, create new uh, you know, division of work by creating more workspace to get the same results. So then now you can have specializations on, okay, I run the moon goo mining fleet and we mine all over this area for all these guys, for all these guys from all these different moons. Or like I'm all the things combined into a huge corporation. Or I'm just kind of like a Merc uh, shooter corporation and we just protect all these moons and these guys. And open up open up possibility for players to play the game in, in, in some kind of organized way by using the current systems. And, and that's now Eve is famous for being able to scale from one man to to do the things that 20 men do, kind of thing, or people. Uh, and so you can, you know, have 20 clients running and and that sort of thing. So uh, do you find that like that some of the planning, you're trying to separate those guys out or, or make it harder for them to do, to, to basically scale? Like you're, you're trying to make it, like one of, the, one of the, here's an example of what I'm talking about. One of the things that came out a while ago was that in these ghost sites, when you hacked something, it exploded the thing that you were hacking and a lot of loot flew in different directions, which meant that you had to go and chase it. So you kind of needed friends to be with you to chase things in different directions at the exact same time. Like no amount of having two or three characters would be able to help you in that regard. So it kind of seemed like CCP was developing ways of getting around the guy that can do it all himself and making it uh, more like you really do have to invite friends to play with you that kind of stuff. Does that enter your thinking when you're making these uh, plans on how to get people to be more cooperative and social and stuff? Yeah, we have to measure at least how much something could be like default. We always think of that. And that's actually something that, I mean, again, in a very high level way, like anything people say, oh, no, but like the big corps, the big corps. Yeah. If we do anything that is specific to a small corp, of a big corp is going to create an out and play as a small corp and get all those benefits. Like, it's like the government gives away like help to some kind of specific industry and doesn't give to this one. This one's just going to create one like that immediately and take the, the benefits from that because you can fake an identity very easily at Eve. So we take that into account all the time. I actually have a funny story on that matter all. That loop pinata thing. That was actually my fault. I had tweeted at Stauffer that idea, and he said he was going to take it. He, he liked it, and he was going to run with it. I meant it in sort of like the you should drop, like instead of have assets AC, like a large portion should always drop type thing, like loot from the Citadel, the new structures. But he took it to mean like things spray everywhere. It was like the greatest miscommunication in the history of E. So <laughs> you're responsible for the original ghost, right, ghost site looting. Yeah, like it was a tweet. It's probably still on Twitter. You can find it. And so I tweeted him and he had tweeted back. And then like two months later, that popped up. I'm like, oh, shit, that is not what I meant. Now, Guau, can you tell us a little bit about corporations and permissions? Because one of the things that is hard working socially with other people is trusting them not to screw you over in this game. Trust is, I believe that trust and players are actually the most valuable assets in EVE. And yeah, it's like... What can you do? It's like trust in real life. It's very hard to to have it. And and I believe that we can try and put mechanics to block that, but 
the more I put mechanics to block that, we are kind of killing a way of playing the game that is kind of like fooling people. And we have, CCP has, and EVE is a game where it's like, it's very uh, forgiving with the line uh, of that fooling a player uh, is, is actually a valid uh, gameplay for many, many stuff. So, yeah. You don't want to hurt the opportunity to betray and steal everything from, because that's something that's pretty exciting and exhilarating for people to read about stuff. It, it is. It is. It is a great gameplay, right? Like a spy game is a cool game. People people like this kind of stuff, right? Being like you know hiding your intentions and all that, bluffing, all that. It's like poker. It's 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 great. And when you do it in a social social context, it's amazing. It's like it's like the better Star Galactica board game. I don't know. I'm a silent, like, you know, pretending, you know, it's, it's <laughs> kind of cool thing to be, you know, especially when you have like actual 200 people that you're fooling at the same time. So, yeah, I think that's part of like goons. I know PL certainly does uh, at Vegas every year. We have a hundred people that go to dinner at the PL dinner. They're all in PL. We all know each other out of the game as well as in the game. All the, you know, PL's going to fold up tomorrow when jump fatigue came in and all that stuff. That's all crap because it's more of a social group than an alliance necessarily. And I, no matter what someone does outside of our influence, it's never going to break that up. They don't seem to understand that, but they, they hope, I guess. But that's also part of the trust. It's hard to say, shake someone's hand, look them in the eye you can tell right away if they're going to screw you over or not. Maybe that's me. I'm a little bit older than the average, but it's pretty easy to tell when you shake someone's hand and look them in the eye what they're thinking. We're the same way. I mean, we got the goon retreat to Cancun in like two months where a bunch of leadership gets together, you know, the yachts to be, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's <laughs> more that a lot of us have been together through multiple games and we go off and we play other games together and we come back and this eve think of eve as kind of our home game that we always kind of return to between fits of playing other things so it's 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 more of a gaming organization that it's it's not about an eve gaming organization it's just a gaming organization that you wouldn't betray because you play with them on everything they like made men so you can't you can never get out well, yeah, like you wouldn't want to. Like, it, there's so many people that helps them in real life. They can get jobs. Like, I've watched whole teams of goons be hired at companies because they're generally really, really good at whatever they do with their industry. And it's just, it's just something to be a part of, right? It's a kind of a an internet organization that transcends gaming, but is gaming, you know? Yeah. The uh, I want to talk about income models. You guys feel like talking about that, like the distribution of uh, wealth inside of Eve, because. Um, who knows what's happening now? Winning. <laughs> okay. Nagual, when you, when you guys think about the economics and stuff, do you like, um, are there some of these considerations that you focus on is like, do we, do we want to spread the wealth out to a lot of people and have them group up that wealth? Or do you want the trickle down? Or do you guys even go into that kind of stuff? We do, but there's a great advantage in Eve. Because like when we look at the real world and we talk about redistribution of income and like the you know very rich people and all that and like one percent owns fifty percent of the world economy and 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 that feels really bad and that's something that we think that we should do something about because people actually need to you know live and feed and 
you know, bait and from that money, from that wealth. In Eve, they don't need that too. They don't, they, you know, people don't eat from Eve or anything like that. So <laughs> we can be a little bit more like capitalist in that sense and say, yeah, that's how it goes. So in the end, it comes down to basically want to give initial players enough income so that they can actually play the game and move forwards within their capabilities and improve the capabilities of, you know, interaction with the game, getting more verbs or modules or ways to interact. And the hardest part there is not necessarily the money, it's the blocker of knowledge. And so, you know, thanks for EV University and that kind of stuff. On the other end, what we worry about a lot, and that's uh, Eddie, uh, CCP Quantis, like, awesome at that and uh, is trying to keep inflation down and to keep the whole balance of the economy to not go too crazy and you know inflation can go up but you know like to keep everything making sense and all that looking at the sinks and faucets inside of isk in the game and all that so you're saying alphas alphas don't need to eat they can uh... <laughs> no one well, needs to eat in eve yeah you don't need to sort eat. of there's something I've been pitching at CFC. I'm not saying they've been receptive to it. I'm not saying they're not. But I've always had the opinion that there's a healthy amount of baseline income. And baseline income could be you know, how much you can make for three characters on a PI an account or how much you can make in high sick mining a month, um, hours, ISK an hour. And I've generally felt like a healthy thing for the game is no more than 40 hours of work in the game to pay for your plex. Like that's kind of what I feel like should be traditionally for the last few years and really for the last decade. But it always stayed between like 20 and 60. But it's really at the high end now of that baseline is generation. Like it's there. I would definitely suspect that there's some percentage of accounts that are going to alpha because it's getting too high. But my advice to CCP has been as long as those ratios look healthy, like number of subs versus number of plex and the total number of accounts aren't going down, whatever, ignore it. But I think that at some point we're going to enter an unhealthy area here. And I think we might be at it already. Are you talking about user or talking about in-game economy? In-game economy. Like how much does it cost an in-game guy in hours in the game, a basic generation of ISK, wealth, whether it's you know ratting or mining or whatever, to pay for his account? Like how much is that? That's the equivalent oh, of for a plex. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not we're not talking about the two hundred and sixty million ISK tick hells here. We're talking about the the guy with a Ishtar and high sec doing level fours. How many hours does he have to do that to pay a pay for a flex? In defense of CCP Quant, that that number was uh, was something to make the point. Right? I, I understand. I'm I I was making fun of it as much as using oh, it. Okay, good. I think we all know that's like a gimmick at this point. He's never letting that down. I mean, never living it down. Correct. Correct. Okay. Uh, but there, the, but a... the guy doing level fours is reality. Like well? Yeah, but the things that. Uh income per hour uh in in eve is it grows exponentially sometimes it's very difficult like to when you get like end and end game like or, or or like later game uh characters the income per hour per played hour they can have in esk is like just ridiculous when compared to uh, uh late alpha or maybe even an early omega like so it's it's very complicated to to tweak for that as the basic. And if you set it too low, then other people on the top don't care anymore. And if you set it too high, then other people. So the best way that we have is uh, not something that maybe should be done in real life, but the best way you have is like, you know, let the market decide. 
And, and this is what you're good at. And this is why uh, you, you uh, I think we're attracted to Eve and that is the systems, right? Like this is the, you like looking at systems and trying to figure out how to simplify them and how to make them work more effectively and deeper without too much complication. And to let other people run them, not me. <laughs> <laughs> they just have to maintain a kind of a ratio of three variables, right? Which is how many people are playing for subs with real money? How many people are playing for subs with Plex? And how? what are the total number of subs? If those numbers all stay at a healthy ratio, that's fine. But if you start to see the, the self-fulfilling prosphy of, of capital flooding into Plex, buying future Plex because they know it's a future game time, and that just kind of accelerates, and while this generation becomes harder for the little guy in high sec, and God, I hate the little guy. I think of the little guy arguments. But you want to keep that healthy. If that starts getting unhealthy, it's actually going to hurt CCP's bottom line and hurt Eve. But we don't have access to the numbers, so you can't know if you don't if we're at a healthy place or not. That, but how would you increase this income for the little guy? I wouldn't necessarily increase this income for the little guy. I think I would go after the price of Plex a little more directly. I personally would do what y'all have done in the past and manipulate the price of Plex down a little bit. But there's several things y'all could do. And one of the things you're doing is the refineries, which means more of the East generation income is going to move to mining, which isn't a faucet. So there's a lot of stuff you're already having the pipeline that might address this. It's hard to say without the data. Yeah, I, I, I agree that the, the mining, moving the passive to an active to the lower tier um, will help with the redistribution. And I still think that, um, there should be more sinks, especially in the industry. And you guys got to change the research indexes and stuff. Come on, man. Yeah, all, all that stuff, the whole the whole cost index needs to get looked at and and industry uh, install costs and stuff need to get jacked up pretty, pretty hard. You're saying it's too cheap to uh, to produce? Yeah. It shouldn't be just null. It should be on MPC stations as well. Can I talk about things that will never happen or like are very unlikely to happen that would make you very happy? <laughs> Sweet. What? <laughs> like imagine financial products in Eve. What's the face of it? Yeah. You've been talking about them? Yeah, they, they've been talking about those already. Yeah, that's, that's for me that 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 would like that that's really really something that would that would shake up the thing. And it's so so that's the point, right? It's not like about play play, uh, plex price or anything like that. It's by creating tools. Uh we want to enhance the tools and change the tools because we are not supposed to be actors in that market and we should never be. And the minute CCP becomes an actor in that market, it's, it's, it's lost. It's, it broke itself. It, it broke its vow and the universe is no, more, no longer logic. We cannot be actors ever. The only thing we can do is provide tools, create tools and improve tools. And those exactly the things that you're looking at like system cost indexes and uh, makes uh, transformation of products involve more gameplay, actual gameplay hours than, than they do or like getting new ways for players to you know exchange money and- I wanna zoom in because you just said something very, very important. You're saying now that there is no longer CCP policy to intervene in the Plex market. Never said that. No, no, I'm not talking about that. That's way oh, okay. beyond my, my, my decisions and my calls. Let's <laughs> say what CCP has to do, how it's staying in focus. Yeah. The, the thing that you just mentioned, uh, financial products are basically um, uh, mimicking the stock exchange and uh, uh, investment funds and stuff like that. And players seem to be doing that a little more right now than they were before, even uncollateralized, which means they give money over to somebody else 
and don't expect ins that to be insured. It's kind of like a, a trust thing. Uh, and we're talking a lot of money. And then that person that receives the money starts using it to make investments and to do business on a large scale. And then they pay back dividends. And uh, so people are basically investing with one another. But it's not formalized. Like we do have a stock ex stock system in each corporation, but that really doesn't hasn't hasn't worked, has it? I haven't seen it work anyway. Well, one one thing that really killed it was the fact that you can't lock BPOs anymore, or at least you can't lock them in Citadels and ECs. So a lot of the huge collateral, you know, like if you had ten Titan BPOs and you had them locked down, someone had shares of the corp, then you couldn't unlock them. So that helped collateralize the loan a, a lot better you can't do that anymore um that feature i don't know if they're not going to add it or haven't added it yet or whatever but that took a lot of the collateral out of the uh, out of the loan equation i always thought it was an interest uh, sorry an issue of trust again and this is why i brought it up uh Nagual. i was thinking in terms of especially when you're just starting out I guess when you're just starting out, my experience has been pretty good where the, there's just been a falling out and people break up little corporations, have a falling out with each other, and then they just break up and go their separate ways and try to find their way in the world. But when it gets to about the mid-level alliances, that's when there's things at stake. There's property, there's uh, money, there's ships that were, you know, there for, you know, just more at stake. And that's where you see people like grab money and run kind of thing, because now they have enough to buy their super that they wanted to buy or something like that. And I know that's gameplay, but it, it, I, I wonder if like the uh, what the, the problem is that there's no consequences in Eve. Just like there's no need for food, there's also no need to put somebody in jail because there's no Eve jail. It kind of is. Like that's one of the reasons we have such a robust internal loan program is you lose your membership to goons. Like you get blacklisted and you're done. Um, so yeah. I would say there's not much consequence in Eve, but there's definitely consequence in the social structure. That's very Proud interesting. member that, of that list. That's one, because <laughs> you stole from, uh, okay. Uh, and that's one of the uh, things that, in talking and dealing with Matani, that was interesting. The leverage he has over people, you know, we're all playing a video game. We all pay for the same access. So what leverage could he possibly have over anybody? And he really is somebody that can say, you're no longer part of the group. It's like an excommunication. And yeah. that's, the, that's the actual power not the mythical power that uh, Mittens has over people is to say you're no longer part of the tribe. I, like, I generally believe that once people are in the tribe and they see all the advantages to the way we play and they like this kind of gameplay, like our kind of gameplay is not for everyone. Like it's not for if you're in PL, you're, you're in for a totally different kind of gameplay than we are, right? We're trying to build an empire and kind of play civilizations in space, right? That's what we like to do and that's what our membership likes to do or they just like to make a bunch of disc in our space, one of the two. Um, so it, we attract that kind of player, but it's not it's not going to be the type of gameplay that everyone is going to subscribe to. So for us, it's it's more about making sure that our interactions with other alliances fit into kind of how we want to play, and it's enough of how they want to play that you can still interact, right? That's the that's kind of Eve. Okay, but that's it. Must be hard to do that on a large scale with um, Eve in general, right? Because you can't really kick somebody out of Eve. Uh, they get banned for other reasons, just you know, just cultural reasons. But a real way to like, you can get banned if you do something really, really bad. But uh, yeah. th th that's the thing. We we want th there's a reason to enforce that. So let's say the guy was 
banned from goons or, or I don't know, like he was kicked out and then like he becomes this pirate that lives around and is all grumpy, but still like just like tries to get his revenge on them and like kicks, like kills some little groups when he finds and all that. And th that's a way to play the game. Like we, we want to keep that. So trust be between the, the, the social groups that exist inside the game. Yeah, that's exactly the thing. And you can move on from tribe to tribe and be expelled from all the tribes in the game if you're like such a such an annoying and trustworthy person. Yeah, there's people that no no one will take some people and all of no. They're like, nope, as soon as you see the app, nope. Like that's powerful. Have you been talking to Falcon? <laughs> Did something just happen where someone got expelled? No, most people don't know, but he was a ruthless, ruthless low sec pirate. Yes, he was. He was hard on his own guys too. When they broke the rules, he would like uh just destroy them. Yeah, most people think Falcon and as Falcon is mean, but Falcon as his previous character in Eve Online makes Falcon the CCP guide like a look like a teddy bear. Um, well, it's funny. Like, I guess it's good good time to say like, you know, Seraph who writes uh, articles that let's just say it piss a lot of people off that are in kind of these circles, uh, is you know found his way into NC. So. Really? Are there consequences? I don't know. I guess it depends on the organization you're in. Um, but there are no consequences from the game. Like, you guys don't build in consequences. You can't basically say, like, this guy is now marked. He has the mark of a thief on his cheek, so he'll always be recognized as, you know, someone who stole all the stuff out of the corporation or whatever. It's up for the player. We actually, that, that specific thing, putting marks and stuff, we wish players could do more of that. That, that those are very interesting systems so players can identify themselves and like propaganda advertise what they are the best we can do is to create systems that will actually reinforce some systemic rules so say the collateral stuff and when players want to like own uh or lend some money to the other and have some kind of system that accepts a collateral on that and like put it in escrow and then like and, and improve on that that's that's the best we can do can't really do anything else than that that's that's our job. <laughs> <laughs> let let people figure it out. In our last few minutes, uh, we have a few more minutes. Um, refineries. Did we hit that well enough? Uh, so I, I wanted to talk about some of the some of the things that are going to be interesting. Like if we think about the way moons used to work, you used to have free information as to what was on the moon just by looking through your uh, equipment and stuff like that. That's no longer going to be the case, right? Whatever the moon expels. You're only going to have percentages of it. You're not going to have totals, I imagine, because you have to go mine it all and then figure out how much it gave you that time around. Well, yeah, and the 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 delay. If you if you put your laser on a week, you're going to get a smaller rock. If you're going to put it on three weeks, you'll get a bigger rock, but it takes longer. So th there is absolutely no way to know. Um, the dev blog hints to as as you see the the rock come towards the laser, you'll get a general idea of of how much time before it explodes, but you probably won't even know that other than the person who controls it either. Well, you probably will if the meta goes to where everyone wants to use the point. So they specifically set the bone window to when you're Sure, but. Uh, the other thing, go ahead, Ken. I, I do have a question. Uh, this, someone asked this earlier in chat and I, and I answered, but I just want to make sure there's no plan to have reactions in high sec, right? It's still going to be 0.4 and below. Yeah. 
those kind of requirements uh, and rules, we are not changing that yet. We made that, though, though, as you said, like boons in high second, reactions in high second, in other sex and wormholes and all that. It's, those are very interesting ideas, uh, but uh, it's too much of a change. Let's let's shake it. Let's wait for the dust to settle down a little bit, and then we can think about those things. Yeah, that would just concentrate everything right back around Cheetah. Right, and my 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 looking at that was not necessarily from the standpoint that you're thinking it was. My my looking at it was the five year ago promise or whatever to try and get rid of downtimes. One of the biggest thing on downtimes is replenishing the asteroid belts. Whereas if you turned high sec into moon mining but only give them mineral ore instead of moon ore then there would be no need to replenish the asteroid belts so that's one more huge thing to me anyway that would negate the necessity for downtimes that's a player facing reason they're actually like days Oh, I'm sure there's. I'm, I'm, I'm vaguely like aware of <laughs> that. It's like the, tranquility is a very uh, uh, weird beast, <laughs> and it it needs its rest right now. Unless we like really change the way the pipeworks run deeply. So, but yeah, but yeah, it would be one last database true flush. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the last thing on uh, refineries that I wanted to mention is that um, T3 production is going to happen in refineries. And so, I mean, a, a lot of the stuff that was difficult about doing industry in these strange areas like reacting and uh, T3 stuff that took a pause to build and to look over, that kind of stuff's going away because now you can do it inside the relative safety of a structure so that it may widen out the amount of people that can actually do this gameplay. That's a uh, was more of a statement than I meant it to be, but uh, I do want to ask you, uh, since we're wrapping up in the last 10 minutes here, I was going to ask you more personal questions, like uh, how do you like Iceland uh, and stuff like that? Because uh, I wanted to like get to know you a bit better since uh, you're such an interesting guy and you're a senior developer now in Team 5.0, which is a very important team that's doing a lot of work. But uh, how are you settling in over there? It's a crazy, crazy little island. <laughs> It's just really, really fun, and yeah. So what's interesting, we didn't say this earlier, but came from Ubisoft after working on like Splinter Cell and Far Cry and these kinds of games. And Eterbium, who was on uh, doing the structures before, he went over to Ubisoft. So we were wondering if you guys crossed paths in the air as you were flying past each other. <laughs> it was completely unintentional, and it's a funny story. And yeah, no. And the worst thing yeah. is that I, I'm very close to the French game industry because uh, my I, I did my my education, my game design education there. Like uh, both both my masters were done in France, so and that's the reason I I jumped to Ubisoft. But it's it's a very good company that has a very very good uh, culture on game design and systems. Yeah, yeah, I've, I heard like you know you could have pretty much you know worked anywhere, and you decided to work at CCP. So thank you for showing up and. Uh, choosing Eve to work on because so hope that uh, you can use some of your ideas on the systems like financial products and stuff that make the game more complex and more interesting um, rather than rather than the what seems to be not rather than but in addition to a lot of the combat stuff for the tournament stuff and all that kind of stuff uh, that 
affects the actual active gameplay. We like we we'd love to see more strategic, uh, you know, building gameplay as well. In addition, I think that economy, economics, financial gameplay is something that's so uh, it's very used in Eve. It's kind of uh, the you know core to Eve and fundamental, and still it could improve so much from looking at how forex market work or even like if you look at cryptocurrency today what those guys have done uh, for you to actually like play with uh, cryptocurrencies ethereum or like bitcoin or anything like that the interfaces are amazing it's super easy to to do like you get amazing graphs and you get all the data super fast so that you can concentrate on the interesting part that is what is going to happen why is it going to happen where do i make my bet where are the probabilities so that's the gameplay. That's the, the mind that you want the player to be with, not trying to figure out how do I order something, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> right. How do I place an order? Why why can't I buy, you know, like that, that, that that's not where you want the player to be. You want him to be like scheming ahead and like crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. making your master plans. As somebody said in uh, chat that we look like brothers. I, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Uh, but he's from, you're from Brazil, uh, and I'm Mexican American, so it's close, but we're off a little bit. Although we were talking earlier, Nagual is, uh, the, one of the definitions is shapeshifter from, uh, the Mexico region. So I'll take that as like some kind of spiritual connection. Um, right now I want to plug, uh, some of the people that talk about financial products and have talked with you, Rivra and Caleb and SCC, that discord, uh, a lot of financial guys in there that are, um, also excited about uh, you coming aboard, CCP. And uh, thanks to them for always bringing up the financial stories and running those things down. Um, all right, so we've pretty much reached the end of my notes. And I was wondering like, if there was anything that you guys wanted to talk about that we didn't cover well enough in these last few minutes. Enjoy your market speculation, everyone, because it's going to be a fun four, six months. Are you gonna like? Are you gonna totally destroy us that are in the that are trying to buy or sell stuff, uh, Eric? No, I mean, our goal right now is to continue to let our people buy in that last amount of capital that's still not there. I mean, I still have capital that's not in because I was waiting for more details. But what's the better hit? You know, salvage or goo? Salvage or goo? And it's gonna be interesting that it's both. And luckily, I'm in both and PI, which I'm also in, so it's gonna be fun. Yeah, if you want to make ISK PI, if you want to speculate. Yeah, like he said, goo and and salvage. I, I think this the speculating is I've tried it a bit because I try everything a bit, but the, the speculating is a lot of work. Like, um, you know, just constantly babysitting the market and stuff. Maybe that's what you have to do and stuff, but it just seems like wow, that's a lot of clicking, and any little click that is one zero too many can ruin you. Okay, I mean, I, I just go in huge and make the market and it goes to whatever price I'm going to want it to go. Like, that's what you do for scale. So I get it's probably a little more for you, but just go in just above the next big order and just stay there and you'll gather. It takes a little while, but you shouldn't be touching it more than once or twice a week. Yeah, if, if you're staring at the market, you're doing it wrong. Go in, buy your shit, look at it a year later. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, that's what's weird. I, I feel like I'm uh, getting slammed by these giant waves and then you guys are there surfing them. And so there's definitely a different mindset uh, to what's going on with you guys, as opposed to what's going on with the typical guy, which I'll consider myself the everyman. Trying so to get we're, the making, we're making the wave. So like when I got home that day, 
I killed the R8s first, but then I was like, oh, Thulium, you're looking mighty low. And so I just popped that bitch too. And buying Thulium out was only, I don't know, 30 billion or something. And it popped it to 40K and it's still up at 38. And when it comes down again, I'll hit it in the face again. <laughs> All right, Eric, thanks. Okay, um, thanks guys for showing up. I want to uh, thank McLeod for producing as usual. And a special thanks to Nagual for coming and hanging out with us for his, uh, his morning. Too bad, was it? No, it's not really morning, actually. It's like 4 p.m. So oh, right. It's me. Like, I'm on the other side of the world. Totally. But, uh, it's, it's, it was really fun. Thanks a lot for having me. But thank you for showing up. Appreciate it. Really interesting stuff. Okay, so look forward to moon mining changes and the titanic uh, upset of um, probably the landscape of EVE. Like, I don't know if this can be underestimated. It's going to be a big change. We'll see what happens. Uh, thanks, Aerith, for showing up. Yep. Thanks, Kenneth. And, uh, thank you guys in chat for showing up. We, we appreciate you. And uh, thanks for supporting us and supporting other streamers on INN. And we will see you next week on Talking In Stations.